Hello and welcome to our second episode of Integrate Faith and Innovate. Uh, our focus is looking at the integration of faith and decision sciences as we innovate to navigate the business strategy and relationships as we look to recover from um, this COVID-19 crisis and really throughout our journey in business. We want to think all the time of how do we innovate, how do we do things differently from a faith standpoint. Um, my name is Hannah Stoles. I'm the director of the Wheaton Center for Faith and Innovation. And I'm here with my co-host, F.T. Chong, who's the head of private capital at Pine Bridge Investments. And like I said, this is our second live episode. And our topic today is building teams in a virtual environment. We have Wheaton alum, Kristen Colbert-Baker with us. And Kristen is a strategic and pragmatic executive. I really enjoyed getting to know Kristen since I have come to Wheaton. Um, she has a background as a CFO and she leverages that background to lead global talent within the Mars organization. So she has a lot of perspective to bring today on what it looks like to lead virtually, to um, grow employees into leadership positions virtually. And I'm really excited for our conversation today. So if you're in our live audience and you have questions, don't forget to throw questions into the Q&A as we go. And at the end, if we have time, we will try and answer an audience question if we can. So before we get started, um, FTI and, and I, we'd like to tell our guests a little bit about the Center for Faith and Innovation. Uh, CFI is an academic applied research center, and our purpose is to innovate and integrate business and liberal arts and theology research to find solutions, practical solutions for business problems. And we have the opportunity of having students involved and alums and Christians in the marketplace and a lot of businesses in the Chicagoland community that we get to engage with. Um, so we're all about social innovation, looking at ways we can sustainably, economically, socially, and environmentally solve problems for companies. So with that, um, this podcast is another way of disseminating some of our ideas and getting some of our members and our community online to share their thoughts and expertise with you. So I'm honored to have FT as a co-host for the series. And as I said before, he works in Pine Bridge Investments and he's in New York City. Um, both Chris and I are here in the Chicagoland area. And we're gonna talk a little bit today about moving beyond the talk about faith and work to practical real world application. Um, FG, let's talk a little bit about the role of the spiritual quotient before we ask um, Kristen about how this can be applied in a team context. Yeah, so we were chatting um, a couple of months ago and we came up with this thing that said, um, <clears throat> it's uh, at work, whether it's business or otherwise, uh, you need really three elements that hold you up. Uh, IQ, EQ, or emotional intelligence, and spiritual quotient. And <clears throat> in a time like this, actually it's much, much more obvious uh, since March that if, you, if you're a good leader otherwise, maybe a lot of uh, emotional intelligence uh, and, and uh, high IQ, there is something else you need to get through this period uh, because we've, our worlds have been rocked and uh, rocked even more in the past uh, few weeks. Um, so, so we said, let's, let's say, let's talk to people about who seem to have high spiritual quotient uh, who, and uh, ask them about how they apply it to work. 
and specifically as a Christian, as uh, someone with, I would say, gospel humility. So uh, in our lives, we realized that we did not deserve to be saved, but we were saved and by grace. And so how does that affect our work life? So that's the background behind the conversations. And so uh, you are a high SQ person. Uh, don't ask us about our rating system, but I think Hannah has a few questions for you. Uh, we're not going to give you a rating yet, but one day we will, perhaps. Yeah, so Kristen, um, when you think about developing teams and this kind of integration of the faith piece, how does that play into um, how you view the people on your team, how you build the team? So let's just start with talking about SQ, and then we'll talk about the virtual piece uh, next. That'd be great. So yeah, the question is, <laughs> um, well, how does that spiritual quotient piece play into how you um, approach the team and how you engage your team members? Yeah, thanks, Hannah. And thank you so much, FT, as well, for inviting me to join you. This, this is a privilege and an honor. So when I think about SQ, um, a couple of thoughts. One is, in this environment, especially since March, I think it's important to acknowledge that just because somebody has a relationship with Christ, is living a life pursuing Christ, doesn't mean that we won't experience fatigue or depletion or discomfort with ambiguity, yeah, or increased ambiguity, let me call it that. These are, these are all very human reactions and emotions and physiological experiences that we're having around being exhausted or depleted or questioning things that we perceived were certain in the past, yeah? So it's a very human real uh, reality for each of us amidst this crisis. The difference for those of us who, who have a relationship with Christ is that we know that he is unchanging. He is our rock, our foundation, our certainty, and that regardless of what the next normal looks like for each of us and for all of us, God is still on the throne and he is still in control. And that, that for me gives me, um, that is my source of energy, even on those days or weeks when I'm feeling depleted because of all of the, the, new, the newness of this, this time. See, I knew she was high SQ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that, that's, that's, yeah, go ahead. Your work, your, your, your job function and what you do. Yeah, so I, I spent 20 years in corporate finance across three different organizations, public, private, private equity backed, and then more recently Mars, which is a private family health company. I joined as CFO, chief financial officer of one of our North America business units. And I realized about nine-ish years ago that my true joy and passion came from leading and developing people and found myself in an organization very open to what I call a cross-functional move and so moved into this space of talent. So talent essentially means uh, answering the question, how do we go about acquiring, developing, retaining, and maximizing the people part of business to enable the business strategy. So that's what me and my team focus on each and every day. So that's great. Uh, I need some help from you. <laughs> so one thing I've experienced the past uh, few months is I'm, I'm a, I have my 
introvert and extrovert kind of, I'm kind of half-half. I get really energized when I'm with my team, right? And I find it really difficult to be remote. How do you address, how, how are you training people to work remotely, uh, both the team members and the leader who is like, ah, oh, it's not so interesting because the people are not around, right? Yeah, it's, that is a fantastic question, FT. And I, I love that even in the question, you, you're exposing that you have self-awareness around where the source of your energy and, and the balance that, you're now, that you now have is diminished your energy, right? You, you had figured out a way of working and a way of being with your team members, um, either direct reports or broader team that created a high level of energy for you. And, and the world that we're working in today doesn't allow for that. Or at least I would say, doesn't allow for it currently. And the reason that I say doesn't allow for it currently is I, I think what you're alluding to is we're all finding our balance across multiple spectrums. And you are, are rebalancing ourselves across multiple spectrums. And you alluded to the introverted, extroverted, right? And so if you're, if you're highly extroverted, you tend to be more energized by being around people and you tend to think outside of your head which can be a good thing and can be a bad thing, I'll admit, as, as a high extroverted person. And so it's, um, for me, I find that I have a lot of calls in the morning or a lot of Skype or Zoom, right? And so in the morning, I'm super energized. And then in the afternoon, as, as the Europeans and the Russians go offline, I have less people interaction, yeah. right? It's, it's the people in the US who are still online. And so I have, purposely, so this is one little life hack, I've purposely scheduled a call every day with, with the person that I work with most closely, and we have a call from 2.30 to 3, and we have legitimate reason to connect, so we feel like it's a highly productive use of time, but it also gives us sort of a mid-afternoon boost of being able to connect with another person, so it breaks up that, that time when we're only with ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I find, uh, I also have the, uh, Hannah, you may be, I don't know whether you're introvert or extrovert. I do have, I do need my alone time a lot. Mm -hmm. I do, it's uh, um, I, I, uh, not very good at thinking on the spot, but I need to process stuff and uh, sure. relatively thin skin. And in my job, there's a lot of, you know, I get criticized. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I need to process it like, oh, is that, are they right? <laughs> as opposed mm. to just reactive. I'm not so good at, some people are pretty good at just uh, dealing with, with uh, all the different balls in the air without, without withdrawing. Sure. Yeah, yeah I, have a, I have a question for you um, in follow-up of FT's question. You know, as an academic, we do a lot of our research and work with research teams and writing teams very remotely and virtually, always have done that. And it's been a big change in this season to now be working with people. I'm used to working with on the ground, physically, actively every day. And so what are some of the things that you do um, to keep your team like really engaged in meetings and motivated uh, so that you're connecting with them and also making sure that they have what they need, um, both in terms of EQ and SQ, uh, you know, mm. if they're, you know, have that faith orientation as well. Um, what are some things that that maybe FT and I should be thinking about in terms of how do we really engage people effectively and help motivate them in this season yeah. as well? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Hannah. And I think it, 
that my first thought goes back to sort of the foundation of leading people, whether you're in a, a physical environment or in a virtual environment, and that is not only knowing yourself, but understanding as much as you can the complexity of each person on your team. And I, for those of us with faith, it the foundation seems relatively simple and straightforward because I think about the verse that talks about God knit together each person in his or her mother's womb, right? It speaks to the complexity of each of us. And so as a people leader, I have the privilege, I'm, I've been put in a position where I have the privilege of leading others, which I think is a sacred trust. And so part of my role, the same or similar to what it would be as a parent, part of my role is understanding each of my team members as best as I can for a couple of reasons. One, from an organizational standpoint, so that I can modify the way I motivate people to maximize profitability and potential for the organization. But secondly, so that I can work alongside them to maximize them achieving what they want to achieve. So it's very much an other-centered perspective. What, who are they? What do they want to achieve? And how can I be a support and a coach to helping them get to where they want to go. And, and part of that for me, I, most of the people I work with do not have a connection to faith, but part of that for me is simply praying for the people that, that I work with, that I work for, that I have the privilege of leading, and not infrequently as we're having personal conversations, um, asking if I can pray for them. And I've yet to experience somebody saying no. <laughs> That's great. Um, what you're talking about is like uh, servant leadership, right? Which is very biblical. Uh, and um, I think I still see a lot of people, this whole servant leadership thing has moved into the mainstream, but I do see a lot of people who, especially in finance, uh, step on other people to advance their career, basically using people. Uh, mm -hmm. And I see a lot, it's, it's the common ways to use people and uh, uh, they, it to, and treat them, you know, give, if you give them enough money, they'll, they'll uh, consent to be used, right? Uh, and it kind of works short term. Uh, and in, in fact, it's systematic in the investment banking world where they use this undergraduates and work them like slaves for two years and spit them out, they can go to business school. Um, it creates a little bit of a, you know, then, then later they say, well, there's no loyalty, right? Uh, <laughs> there's no loyalty because the organization is not, not really uh, caring for people. They're using people. And so that is really is a, uh, is a biblical approach, is a, is a Christ-like approach, right? Serving leadership, serving mm -hmm. Washington. And how, FT, I'm curious, how have you, so, you, so you've been in this space for a number of years, so you've seen a variety of leaders, and I think the way you've described the, the financial services is certainly investment banking, um, you've described it as I would have expected, yeah? And I'm wondering across the multiple leaders that you've worked with over the years, have you seen a differentiation in the in the achievements of those people who are more typical of the system versus those who take a different posture of leadership? Yeah, I think short-term financial performance and achievement, it's about the same. 
whether you're a, a servant leader or you are a use people leader. Um, it really makes no difference. If you're trying to build an organization uh, that where people, they always refer to, oh, this CEO, this COO, he really, he's really special. I'm there because of him. I think it takes that servant, taking, uh, making sure you know your people and some sort of nurturing going on. And uh, long-term real success is when you build uh, that kind of relationship. And uh, sometimes you see big firms kind of disappear because they really didn't, you know, I, I almost want to see, you know, I can't name names, but <laughs> good or bad, I cannot, but um, like GE, right? You could say, yeah, it, it, uh, the industry's changed and they got caught up with the change in industries, but they had a very dominant leader who, the name was Neutron Jack. The name Neutron Jack means he really didn't care about the people. <laughs> he would wipe people out if needed. Um, and I think there's something that flows from there. I'm not mm -hmm. saying Jack Roche was responsible for whatever, but I think just his nickname gives you an indication of that's, you know, not really certain leadership. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we when we think about those those dynamics and the impact that leadership has, you know, on either loyalty or the future, you know, the productivity of people in the team. Um, and you can hear your heart, Chris, when you talk about, you know, why you're in leadership development and why you made the shift from CFO into the space you're in. Um, what do you think is key for you in terms of you've been virtual, you've built teams virtually, you've developed leaders virtually. What's been, if there's a key in servant leadership, and I, I maybe, I, you know, I don't expect you to know all 10 of the different servant leadership components. You might. Um, what, what do you think is one of the keys for you in terms of really serving people well? Because I think that's an SQ piece for you and who you are as a person as well. Um, what do you think is kind of one of the keys in that space? Yeah, it's, um, it, it's a great question. And you know, it's, it's easy to say, well, just take the physical environment and translate it to the virtual. One, I don't know that it is quite so easy. There's some elements that are easy if you do a, a weekly team building or a team meeting, right, where you're going through status of projects or, or client uh, acquisition. Those tend to be easy. What I find more tricky is the, um, the in, engaging and inspiring mm -hmm. associates because you, do, you, by definition, we don't have as many observation points in the virtual environment as we when we're in the office and we're walking to get additional coffee or to the restroom or you catch somebody as you're walking to a meeting, right? We just have fewer data points. So without simply going into calendar overload, I do think that it's just very practically important to create more data points for observation and connection. So one of the one of the things, and this ties back to you know getting to know people individually, one of the things that I started at the end of March was every week, 30 minutes, completely optional across the team, and we call it sanity and positive energy. And it's simply a 30-minute slot to connect. Some in, Somebody instituted, like, let's wear a different hat every week, somebody who has a, a little bit higher fun quotient than I do. It's simply a way to, to connect and get to know one another and provide some, some sort of insight into who we are as people. People will typically have their pets on the phone or maybe there's a child running around. I think that's 
so figuring out how can I, without just cramming calendars, how might we increase the number of connection points so that we are um, having more opportunity for observation, for collaboration, for realignment of, of what we're after with this particular initiative or with this particular client. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is this a one-on-one or? No, this is, um, so my, te my team is 35 people based around the globe. So ours is, uh, ours is, and we'll have anywhere from four to 15 people join on a weekly basis. Okay, oh, it's a volunteer. Yeah, totally stressed that it's optional because it, I know that some of my colleagues are working where they've got dual career and they have small children at home. Those are typically, well, in some instances, they're the last people who need something else on their calendar. In other instances, they're actually the people who need something the most because they just need an outlet yeah, yeah, yeah. to vent with how hard life is right now. Yeah. Um, so we're, we try to keep this relatively short. We're not at the end yet, but as we go towards the end, we want to make sure that we leave everyone with something they can use. Uh, I think Hannah used the term applied. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that term because there's so much talk about faith and work and integrate and all that. It's uh, not applied. So we'll, we'll go there soon. Um, and um, just to go off topic a little bit, may I, Hannah? Yeah, of course. Um, how much uh, thinking are you doing about what's happening in the whole racial issue? Um, I'm, uh, everybody's doing virtue signaling, right? Everybody's saying, oh, I'm on your side, I'm woke and all that. I feel that that's uh, just like people talking about faith and work, it's all talk. <laughs> There's no follow-up. It's easy to say. It's easy to virtual, virtue signal and put black on your Instagram. What are you doing uh, mm. practically and, and how has being a Christian guided some of that? Mm -hmm. Sorry, that kind of surprised you with that. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's wow. Way. I'm just thinking what an amazing topic that we could spend several hours on this afternoon. Um, but I'll, I'll attempt to be concise. Um, for me, um, my family and I chose to participate in Black Lives Matter March on when, Tuesday evening. Um, and I found that to be a much more powerful experience than I expected. And I went thinking I'm going to, you know, Chicago's 30% African-American, so there'll maybe be 60% of the people marching will be African-American. It was 90 plus. And I was really convicted of how I, as a white person, had not tangibly shown up for, for people who have less privilege. So I, and I typically keep work and personal life fairly separate. And in this case, I, I made a decision to do two things. One, I posted my family's involvement on the social media platforms that I'm engaged with, many of which are viewed by colleagues. And secondly, I, I knew that there were a couple of folks on my team who felt similarly passionate about, about the current events. That's not to say that all of them don't, I just knew of a couple. And so a couple of those people took the lead and I sponsored uh, the launch of a, of a channel, uh, a digital platform channel within our organization, within Mars, around how people 
people who are white, like me, who have no concept of, of what it means to grow up as a person of color, could become educated uh, and demonstrate their own support. And so I, I, candidly, I would say it's an awareness building approach. I, but that's the beginning. That's the beginning of change is building awareness that you hope leads over into desire and action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, my, my action takeaway from this conversation will be this, that I'm going to ask everybody, what are you doing about uh, racial injustice? What are you doing? Uh, not just, not just uh, tangibly. Yeah, what are you it doing? goes back to the practical application. If we, yeah. if we do not invest something of ourselves, be it, and in some cases it's money and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But something of ourselves, what are, what am I investing that demonstrates my tangible support to my brothers and sisters of color who yeah. in this country experience racism and have less privilege because of our system. Yeah. Uh, so that's my takeaway. Hannah, you have a yeah, <laughs> do wow. something Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and so, keep doing uh, it. Do something small, you know. So eloquently, just really um, providing a lot of things to think about, Kristen, is really, really good. And as, you know, I think about this season, 2020 has been such a, a wild year. It really has. There's a lot to keep us awake at night between um, COVID, between, you know, all of the, the things going on now, you know, politically and across the U.S. And uh, so as you think about, maybe I'll let you do a takeaway first in terms of, you know, for your team, for, you know, somebody that you're developing as a leader of teams, um, what is what one thing that you would tell them to do this week as they're, you know, maybe their, their team is coming to work um, a little bit fatigued after in this season and also maybe a little bit emotionally fatigued as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my takeaway would be at both an individual and team level, identify what brings you energy, what brings you joy, what sparks life for you and choose to carve out space for that, whether it's taking off a Friday or, um, and, and I would say do as a leader, do that for your people because people, will look to you and follow your role modeling. And if you, if you create space for yourself, they will feel safe creating space for themselves. But as a leader, you can overtly give them or explicitly give them permission to create that space. That's really good. I think that's going to be my personal takeaway. But I also thought one of the great takeaways was just that um, purposeful connecting in social spaces that are optional for teams. I think that's a really um, great concept. I haven't done a lot of that with the CFI team and now I'm now I'm thinking about it, you know, in terms of how do we do this and still create space to take away for ourselves. Yeah. And so I think I think this is um, a really, really important thing to be thinking about. How do we balance out the the one on one time, the social times and um, also make sure that we're we're building up our own quotient in all the different areas that we have enough rest to think well. We're yeah, introspective uh, enough to be emotionally stable and, and we're yeah. spending enough time praying and reading scripture that we're it, also- It's oddly uh, so odd in the Bible where Jesus in the middle of uh, some mission trip disappears mm -hmm. and uh -huh. goes to pray and they're like, where is he? He's out there praying by himself, uh, you know, walks away, uh, mm -hmm. goes to sleep in the boat, you know, mm -hmm. there. Uh, and it's odd that uh, it's pointed out that he has, yeah, from time to time, with some frequency, 
took time off to do his thing. Now his thing yeah, may not be the way we do things nowadays. So yeah, I will, that's, that's great. Uh, I don't want to add anything more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, we're just about at close. So I think I just have one final little question just in terms of what have you seen that's been most surprising in terms of how you've engaged with your virtual team? Um, and we'll close out with the, the team, 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 you know, kind of questions um, that has really surprised you since, you know, March that you've been like, wow, that's worked differently in this season than I've ever seen it before. Maybe it's a really positive takeaway. Yeah, I have, what I've seen is this recognition that all of us are under a, a layer of stress that we haven't experienced before. And I've been so pleased with the way that the team members have supported one another. Mm -hmm increase in recognition and those types of supportive behaviors has has just been phenomenal and, I, and I've seen more people more connections around the globe than than had existed before and I think part of part of COVID has just been a catalyst for those types of creation and the recognition that support is needed and I want to provide for others that which I need from others yeah wow Thank you, Kristen. So I think we have we have three really great takeaways that we can apply tomorrow um, from FT, uh, asking people, what are you actually doing tangibly to you know be engaged, to be involved, and to make a difference? Um, from Kristen, you know, thinking about that, um, setting an example in making space to regenerate, and um, so that our teams feel safe doing that as well. I think that's really important. And then. For myself, I just added more things to my calendar by thinking through how do we engage socially so that we have spaces where we can um, have conversations and then also share that we're taking space. So this has been really good. Thank yeah. you so much, Kristen. I just want to pray as we close and then set up a little reminder for our next podcast in two weeks. So we'll pray right now. And um, Father God, I, I thank you for the opportunity to pursue you in this season. Um, like we do in all seasons of life, but sometimes in harder seasons, um, we have the opportunity to draw even closer to you. So I thank you for the people that are around us that both encourage us and need encouragement. I pray that we listen to you, Holy Spirit, as you um, comfort us so that we can be a comfort to others. Give us wisdom as we take time and rest. Give us insights as we reach out to other people and engage them in things that matter both emotionally and maybe troubling them spiritually in this season. And Father, I just pray that you help us to, even in a virtual environment, to learn from the things that Kristen told us today, to really engage um, proactively, purposefully with each other, to love each other well, like you love us. And I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, thank you again, Kristen. It was so good to hear. Thank you. So I really years. enjoyed it. It was a really great. great experience that we can learn from. And before we close out, uh, just a quick reminder that in two weeks, we will be here with uh, Steve Preston, who is the CEO of Goodwill Industries, also a Wheaton alum. And we'll be talking about the role of faith and navigating out of the COVID-19 recovery and engaging people. Um, we'll probably talk, talk about surprise topics that pop up as well. And uh, until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you, Kristen, for being with us. And FT, I'll see you in two weeks. Thank you very much. You'll see right. me sooner than that. So okay, bye. Bye. Bye.